We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzupia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host, and I am excited because we are here towards the end of the season, and I know a lot of people are whining and pissing and moaning about their, you know, I didn't make my season-long league, and it's okay. I didn't make Carson the playoffs. Wentz. Carson Wentz is like Deshaun Watson. Can I just get both of them together and make one ACL for everyone? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that, but you do have FanDuel, and FanDuel has made some exciting changes, and I'm excited to talk about them with my esteemed colleague, the one, the only, Baltimore's own, John McKechnie. Johnny boy, how are you? Well, fully recovered from uh, the debacle on Sunday night, so feeling good. That's nice and uh, blocked out of my memory in terms of that Ravens-Steelers game, so we're, uh, we're moving on. We're, we're on to Cleveland now, so I'm, <laughs> well, that's a good I'm feeling news. good. Whenever yeah. you can say we're on to Cleveland, I think that's a positive, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, Lord. But uh, at any rate, um, I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, I know you've seen it, but a lot of people out there maybe just, you know, don't set their lineups or start thinking DFS until the weekend, until they get all their news and updates. But there's been some changes, and the big change is there's now Superflex leagues available for you over on FanDuel to play, which is something when I was working at FanDuel, they asked about what kind of, you know, things should we be looking to do. This is one of the things I sat in a room and I said, hey, you know, be amazing. You need to do things like super flex leagues and get rid of this kicker and defense that nobody cares about. And let's start making things interesting. Let's get some flex plays. Let's get some super flex play two quarterbacks, tailor it how people want to play fantasy. And lo and behold, John, there's tournaments out there right now. They've been filling up. They had to add more for these super flex and second quarterback leagues. How excited are you? Because uh, I- I'm excited. I'm pumped. And, you know, this is something that, that we talked about 
um, in, in August, kind of like during draft season, when you invited me to do like an experts to quarterback league, I thought yeah. that was, a, you know, an awesome idea. And that's been a fun league on its own. So introducing that into the daily aspect, I think makes it even better. I think that it's just like an awesome new wrinkle on FanDuel. I think it, it's something that I'm definitely excited to get into this week and for the other two weeks of the regular season. Well, right off the bat, let's talk a little bit about the strategy for this league. So we're going we're gonna to start with this, and then we'll get into our position breakdowns. Now, for me personally, when I look at this, you know, this is a game changer in a lot of ways because in the early going, this throws off a lot of the algorithms I think a lot of people have and how to be successful over on FanDuel. So in a way, you've almost got not everybody starting at the same level because there will be people who are going to be able to put a lot more lineups than most people, and that's right. always going to be the case. However, this is – not a level playing field, but a leveler one in the sense that now it's something new and something unique and different. I'm of the mind, and I'm putting this out there, that you need to get quarterback right. You need to get the first quarterback and the second super flex quarterback right. I think you're absolutely out of your mind if you're not playing the two quarterbacks in this flex, super flex kind of situation um, just from the get-go. Because when you have like Aaron Rodgers back and you have you know the, the Brady's on the board – Dak Prescott against Oakland comes to mind, the way Rivers has been playing lately. All these options out there, and you'll notice there's some expensive prices attached to the quarterbacks, but that's because of how valuable they are. So for me, that's my first bit of advice. John, what do you think about that in that super flex spot? Would you be a quarterback must as well? Well, I I think so, but what I wanted to to know from you is how do you, you know, pair your quarterbacks do you go with a stud and and not necessarily a dud obviously but someone way down or you do do you go for two kind of mid-tier options like like a Jameis Winston and a Jimmy Garoppolo for your two quarterbacks or do you do you go more like a Brady and uh and you know Deshaun Kaiser or something crazy like that well see I wouldn't do that and in fact what you were able to do now too is the double stacking which is like let's say you'll like the pairing of Keenum and Thielen right well, you could mm-hmm. do that, and you can also do Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You know, you could True. do Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger. You can basically – you can even double-stack the same game. You could do a, Bra- a Brady-Gronk uh, with a Roethlisberger-Brown, you know, and, and start to – now, you're going to have to find a whole lot of price breaks to do that kind of thing. But that double-stacking, I think, is going to be very popular uh, in the early going of these. Now, we'll see how that works out, but I could definitely see the uh, allure to that. I think some smart ones early on might be like a Philip Rivers and Hunter Henry. Um, that would be a smart one. Prescott and Des Bryant against Oakland, I think, would be mm-hmm. a good one. I mentioned Rodgers, but I think you're going to see a lot of pairings. Now, we'll see how that pays off in this particular week, but that I think will be the popular strategy going in with the tight ends and the running with the uh, wide receivers. And with guys on the slate like Drake and Collins who are under 6,600 or so, you think you can actually do that and do it pretty responsibly in this format. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, you, you pointed out uh, those running backs that that are really huge values this week. So I am interested to see how that double stacking uh, goes. I, I I'm going to have to throw together a couple lineups w- with that going on because that that's like too much to pass up on to at least yeah. try out. Oh, you, you got to go in there. You got to play like there's dollar tournaments out there. There's all kinds of different spots. Go out there, play it, have some fun because you know, this is unique, it's different, it's long overdue, and, you know, it's curious that they brought it in this time of year, I'm guessing just to beta test it, to see how it goes for these last few weeks, yeah. but, I mean, I'll tell you this, I mean, if they had this all year round, I'd be playing this format every single week more than the standard one, and I wouldn't be shocked 
if this became the new format du jour for daily fantasy owners because there's more points, it's more strategy, it's more fun, and you're taking the question mark of the, well, I didn't have the defense that scored 25 points this week, so even <laughs> yeah. though the rest of my lineup was great, right? I mean, how frustrating. How many great lineups have we all had probably this year where the defense or the kicker let us down and it missed a, a pay line in a tournament? Say, well, uh, Greg's, I was having a great day, and then Greg Zerline happened, and you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nick Novak, where the hell are you? All right, appreciate it, you jerk. All right, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Nick Novak's a jerk. All right, yeah, we're, uh, we're coming after him. There you go. There's the hashtag. Public enemy number one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's start and let's start picking these apart here. Uh, Tom Brady, top of the board in the regular scoring. Now again, the regular pricing. Is different than the Superflex pricing. Let me let me say that again. So when you get in there, you're going to see some big numbers. Don't freak out. It's all good. Everything's going to be fine. Take a deep breath. It's different. <laughs> uh, you know when things are different, people, I don't know how the hell work this thing. I, stupid thing. <laughs> I and don't like same, change. I, I don't like change. I don't care for it. You know, we should, we should do all the different voices of people who, are, who don't like it. What are you doing? I, I always use the one kind of fantasy. And next thing you know now – why is Tom Brady hum, uh, 88 and one and he's 98 and the other? I don't understand. You so so you're going to tell me I got no flexes on this one hey, contest. Now hey, I got two. Hey, I what? got your flex right here. I got your super flex right here. Right, buddy? <laughs> Maybe that's the hashtag. I got your super flex right yep. here. <laughs> yep, that's it. All right. So Brady in the regular scoring 8,800. Uh, the re- triumphant return of Aaron Rodgers, 85. Against Carolina on the road, Drew Brees at 84, Russell Wilson 84, Roethlisberger 8K, and we'll end with Newton at 79. Still doing with the shoulder, but uh, he's in play this week as well. So let's let's start with the top. Brady, two meh weeks in a row. I say he gets up to play in Pittsburgh. I still say it's too expensive for me to find out what he does. Rodgers, I'm looking at him, John, and I think a lot of people are excited, but get back in the Rodgers for 85. How do you feel about this matchup? It's a road matchup. Do you think that throwing him right back into it because he's healthy enough to play is basically just you're going back to getting, you know, 25 point or 24 point, you know, Aaron Rodgers? God, I'm so torn on this and and drinking the drinking the water up here in Wisconsin. Oh, like yeah. Def- definitely, you know, I got to like f- sort out what what's real and what's not here, but um that that's a long time to be off and I think more than anything uh, this is a tough matchup for Green Bay going into Carolina. Carolina coming off a quality win last week against Minnesota, and their second their secondary is you know a top ten unit, and they're they're going to be able to stop the run as well. So uh, the rust factor for Rodgers, coupled with the tough road matchup against a really really quality uh, Carolina team, it's probably enough to where Rodgers isn't going to be in the first two or three lineups that I make this week. And I, I know that's you know. It's risky to, to bet against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but I th- think that there are other options that I like a little bit better. All right, let's go to the other end of that game, Cam Newton. Now, the Green Bay Packer defense is not very good. Let's just put no. it that way. Uh, what's working out for Cam Newton is running the football. You know, his rushing yards are making up for his lackluster passing performances. He's got three straight games with 183 yards or less, so he's not exactly lighting it up through the air, but he is – getting some rushing yards and that's what you're looking for. And that's what's helping that point total stay above water. So would you say that in some ways Cam Newton is a little bit more cost effective than Aaron Rodgers? Like you can afford to be a little bit wrong. Whereas Rogers eight to five, maybe you, know, you can't. Yeah. 
I think, it, you know, that that is kind of an interesting way of putting it. And then you also toss in the fact that, like, last week, I think it's an aberration that Jonathan Stewart's got all those goal line touchdowns, you know, and the shoulder issue for Cam could be an issue here, obviously. But I, I think that one of those touchdowns could go to Cam Newton this week, so on the ground at least. So I think there's rushing touchdown upside uh, that Rodgers probably doesn't have the same uh, level of. So 7,900, I think, yeah, there. The cost effective uh, would be the word for, for Newton here. Now, Breeze against the Jets. I can understand the Jets kind of folding up the tents here. I don't know if I like the game script in this one. Uh, Breeze is 8,400. I can imagine a lot of the running game back in effect here. I don't know. I just don't see. Yeah, he's not going to need to throw it more than 20, 25 times. <laughs> right. And to me, you know, he hasn't had a, you know, a 20 point game since before Halloween. So for me, I would stay away from him. Russell Wilson's a tricky one. He's got the Rams historically, can give him a little bit of trouble. But he has been absolutely on fire lately. I mean, 24, 24, 24, 31, 19, 25, 36. I mean, at this point, Russell Wilson is matchup proof. It's just a matter of, you know, if you want to pay the price for it. At 84, do you want to pay the price for it this week? I do. He's probably he's probably my quarterback one for the, for this week, honestly. I'm going to try to try to build off of him for the most part. Uh, I know that, you know, if we're talking stacks and pairings, um, last week with Jimmy Graham kind of, doing a goose egg and, and hurting a lot of people in their, in their season long in their playoffs or in their daily too. Uh, it's stung, but I think that uh, that pairing gets back on track this week. But either way, Wilson, Wilson, I think is a lock to have a huge day. All right. The other end of that game, Jared Goff at 76. Now this is not the, you know, old school fearsome defense of the Seahawks, but at the same time, you know, Goff on the road is just one that I think I would just stay away from. I think it's not a great play. Mariota, completely avoid the next guy on the list that I think is worth discussion there's two of them uh Case Keenum and Blake Bortles now Keenum for me another one of these guys just underrated every week Uh, I'm looking at him and I'm saying to myself there's opportunity there for him to give you return on investment um I love the matchup against Cincinnati I love the fact that it's at home Cincinnati is just there's another team that's just done they've packed it up and Blake Bortles at home playing much better I mean you want to talk about a fantasy quarterback who's maybe not getting you know, you better fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback. But the last three weeks, 23, 25, 18, Blake Bortles at 7,400 is really a value play this week yet again. Yeah, and I think when you want to talk about attacking a Houston defense, you want to do it through the air more so than on the ground. Even with J.J. Watt being out, they're still really tough against the run. So this doesn't set up as like a great spot for Leonard Fournette, who's also you know kind of dealing with a myriad of, of lower body injuries. So I think this sets up pretty well for Bortles to attack them uh, through the air. I, I haven't quite decided on who my favorite uh, Jaguars target is in the, in the passing game. Um, I think like a guy like Westbrook is potentially interesting, but yeah, Bortles definitely uh, a guy to to look at this week at 7,400. I'm probably picking him over Keenum because I, I don't think that uh, the Vikings are going to need to throw it a whole lot in this game either. It's, the game script kind of sets up for a blowout for for Minnesota. I think Bortles and uh, Westbrook is the pairing. I, I would agree with that statement. I, I definitely think that at a certain point that's, you know, that's what we're all looking at. And I think that's a, a viable uh set up there for those guys. And I, and I think, you know, Westbrook's got the talent. We've all been waiting. You know, the target volume was there last week. And I think that's one that you should feel safe about using. Let's talk about the other guy who's going to have a lot of attention and ownership. It's Nicky Foles against the Giants in New York. Nick Foles. Remember Nick Foles? It's funny. I feel like we went into a time machine. We're back in 2013 where Josh Gordon is relevant and Nick Foles is quarterback of the Eagles. 
and I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like I feel like I need to buy some plutonium, and I need to get back to 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, step one: buy the plutonium. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those damn Libyans! Uh, that's tough to deal with, though. <laughs> in the laboratories. I apologize such. if I've offended any Libyans who are listening to this podcast. We're probably safe. Like I'm I, just gonna guess, but I don't know. Uh, I don't there's know. that one you guy. Never know. Of course, and, you know. Um, I can hear the angry anyway. tweet to Jeff Erickson right now. Dear oh, Mr. Erickson, I'm offended You're with st- a Back to the Future reference. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, God. All right, so what, yeah, what is your read on Foles this week? Is is he a trap? I mean, like, at 6,000, though, like, that's that's such huge savings for, for you know, a viable-ish quarterback, you know. I think <laughs> I you, you take him. I mean, you kind of have to. You have to. But, like, you, you probably like him more than you like a Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton this week, and those guys are, you know, 1,000 or 1,200 more. Uh, look, it's the Giants. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I keep coming back to is, is it 6,000? He's just got to get me 15-ish to 18, somewhere in that range. And Ertz is healthy. Jeffrey's healthy. Aguilar is healthy. They're all playing. Ajayi's healthy. There's no reason why he can't go out there against the Giants. And Sunday morning on the radio, I went on a big rant about why everybody should be starting Dak Prescott. And we didn't really talk about it. But, you know, I said in daily, I said, you know, especially on the DraftKings side, on the other spot that you know you have to go starting him because you know the where you're at right now with his price is just insane it's the Giants the Giants are an awful football team I don't care who they fired I don't care what's been moved on and changed they're still an awful football team and sure enough Prescott put up the stats last week and I think Foles can be at 6k if he was 72 I'd say no but at 6k it allows you to go get Antonio Brown you can get Urch you can get you know if you don't want Ertz, you want to pay up for Gronk, you could do that. You could, you could, you know, the world becomes your oyster with Nick Foles. And I think that's, that's the difference maker there. So I guess, you know, more, more along the lines of, of separating yourself in a tournament, it seems like he's, Foles becomes that guy that, that's obvious to go with at, at 6K and you just kind of go uh, from there. But is there anyone else that like, like, below Bortles but above Foles that that has any interest in your mind well I mean you could play around with Kaiser but I always hate the turnovers uh right I hate to say it you might be able to play around with Flacco too um that's another one that I don't feel great about because I think the upside is limited this whole grouping yeah this whole grouping in between I mean you'd have to go up to Garoppolo for me to get kind of excited again but then again even with Garoppolo, I mean, he threw for 330 last week. It's great. The yardage totals are great, but the conversion rates of touchdowns aren't yet. Mm-hmm. So, and I understand those games were on the road. I get that. But for me, it's the guys that we discussed, that Bortles-Keenum pairing. It's the guys at the top, Roethlisberger, Wilson, um, Newton, and then underneath it's Foles if you want to cheap out. To me, the rest, you're just you're just hoping – for too much to break your way. All right, let's go over to the running backs. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell, 9,400, top of the board. Are you going that route? Are you, are you willing to spend on him, or are you just spend on Antonio Brown instead, who is 9,300? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because they're, they're daring you to use one of these guys be, um, or daring you to not, but the, you know, <laughs> these are two of the, two of the more uh, you know, just 
reliable, high volume, you know, fantasy assets you could potentially have. Uh, Brown, obviously, on on just a superhuman tear right now. That's you know maybe like the best little stretch of his career. So I probably I lean going Brown over over Bell right now. Um, I think that Brown Brown steps up more in this situation. So I think that you can do a little bit better with with the cheap options um, at running back and then pay up for a guy like Antonio Brown. All right, let's keep going down the list here. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had a great week last week. Um, you know, the playing in the snow, I mean, that was obvious kind of situation there, 21 points. You know, I, I don't know if you could hope for it again. I, I really wouldn't necessarily be running back to that well. Alvin Kamara, though, is back. He's healthy. He's 9,100. It's amazing. This guy has gone from 7,500 six weeks ago to now 9,100. And, look, in terms of consistency up until the injury – it's hard to argue with the price. I mean, in some ways, he's almost a little bit more consistent than Le'Veon Bell's been this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Kamara, Kamara's the man. You don't need to to sell me on him. So going against the Jets, too, um, I think in a game that, uh, like we mentioned, sets up to where New Orleans builds that lead early and just kind of runs the rest of the way. Um, I think both Kamara and, and Ingram could push for, you know, close to their season highs as far as their carries go. Um so that obviously sets up well going against the Jets. So I, I like Kamara more than Bell this week. All right, Todd Gurley, I think, is always in play at 8,400. I mean, he's just consistent. You know, he there's a guy who just doesn't get enough credit. You know, he's always two times value, basically, no matter what the matchup is. Uh, you know, I, I don't care if it's Seattle. I don't care if it's on the road. Gurley, you know, is going to get the volume and be a part of it. Can you make a case for Ingram at 83 to be maybe game script-wise, especially coming off the concussion, more relevant this week maybe than the week's past? Um, I, you know, I think again, this is just a game that, that sets up well for, for New Orleans and their running backs. Um, I think, uh, we're going to see his snap count probably dialed back, uh, from what it was this past, uh, Thursday night when they played the Falcons because Kamara had gotten hurt during that game. So I think that gets dialed back a little bit, uh, but I still don't see a situation where he sees, you know, under single digit or single He's single-digit carry, so I think he sees anywhere between 12 and 15 going against the Jets that, that are going to be worn out after so many plays. Um, I think that Ingram is a fine play this week. Now, Fournette's dealing with a quadricep injury. He's 8K, had a good game last week. We were a little concerned about the health. I mean, it just seems like one thing after another for Fournette, and that kind of worries me. It worries me enough that at 8K, I just kind of shy away a tad. Uh, but I will say this, if Fournette, let's say, isn't a go, I mean, they say it shouldn't prevent him from playing, but right. – is a lesser Fournette any kind of boom or bust for Bortles and Westbrook and the rest of that offense value-wise? Because I feel like without Fournette, it's not the same offense. Yeah, it, it totally changes what they do offensively. When Fournette's good to go, I think it, an ideal day in Jacksonville's mind is to have Bortles throw it 15 to 20 times and just kind of pound the rock the rest of the way and not run a ton of plays, but just kind of play possession football with Fournette. Um, so yeah, less than 100% Fournette. And I, I didn't like this matchup uh, to begin with for, for him. You know, Houston is a good run defense, like I said. So uh the, the health concern lopped on top of that. Uh, I just don't really see a, a situation where I'm using Fournette this week and daily. All right, let's go back and uh, pour some more of that Kool-Aid you got in that jar because I, I do love the Kool-Aid. Um, Jamal Williams. Now, there's a guy people have been on the last couple of weeks, and now Rodgers is back, and I feel like everybody wants to talk, and we'll talk about it too, about Jordy Nelson being back involved and you know what does it do with Adam's value and all this stuff. But I'm of the mind that Williams' value kind of just stays true. I think he's going to get a few less touches, but I think his opportunity to score 
might go up just a tad more because of Rodgers' ability to move the football in the offense. So to me, it's a push. I don't look at Williams any differently necessarily. I don't look him at better or worse. To me, it stays flat. What do you say about Jamal Williams in Week 15? Yeah, the, the, this um, this shouldn't really change his workload too much. I was more worried uh, the last couple of weeks, especially with or coming into last week, having Aaron Jones uh, do that walk-off touchdown in overtime on on his only snap. It was like, okay, now that Jones proved that he's good to go, like he's going to cut into Williams's workload, and then. You know, on top of that, uh, the Browns heading into last week were the number one rush defense in DVOA, and neither of those things ended up working or mattering because Williams still had a great day against a really good run defense. So this is a tough matchup again for him, so you do need to consider that. Uh, But at the same time, I don't see where his workload is going to be scaled back a lot. I think he's going to see plenty of opportunities here. So 7,300, I do like him. He's kind of in his own little tier right there. All right, now let's get all the way down to my, my happy place if you will, for running back this week. Um, It starts around 6,600, and here we go. Alex Collins, 6,600 against the Browns. I understand the numbers on paper are good for the Browns against the run, but lately not as much. Lately, Alex Collins has really kind of grown in the offense. This was something back in October I was talking about needed to happen I thought was trending in the right direction, then it stopped, and now it's starting up again, and I'm buying in again. And I hope I'm happy about it, but I think that uh, I think Alex Collins has himself a busy day against Cleveland. Kenyon Drake coming off a huge game. I don't care if Williams is healthy enough to be an option. Kenyon Drake has proven over the last three ga- two games here. You give him 20 plus touches, we'll give you a victory. And you know what? He's getting involved in the passing game as well. Uh, give me all the Kenyon Drake and all the Alex Collins this week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm like pairing both of them, but uh, I yeah, I think using either of these guys is a good idea. I I probably give the lean to Kenyon Drake. I think it's an easier matchup, and like you said, um, it doesn't really matter who who's coming back. Uh, it's, Drake has really kind of established himself as as the number one back uh, for Miami. He's he's just ridiculously athletic. He runs tough. Uh, he's he's able to catch passes. So I'm glad that they're kind of mixing him in, in that sense. So I think this sets up as a better matchup for him uh, than what Collins has. Uh, And Collins also kind of gets taken off the field uh, sometimes for, for Woodhead and Buck Allen, Uh, Buck Allen, you know, vultured a touchdown last week. uh, So that's frustrating. So I'm less worried about that with Drake. So I like Drake better. All right, let's go to the Patriots running backs. You got Burkhead and Lewis back to back 65 and 63. I know I'm the Patriot running back whisperer. I'm actually going off both of them. I think this is a Gronk Ooh. game. I think this is Gronk Ooh. smash. Gronk coming off of a huge game against Buffalo. Gronk coming off an extra week of rest. And I think a rested Gronk and a healthy Gronk is a Gronk that's smashing. So I'm actually fading away. I think this is a complete shootout of epic proportions, and I can't wait for it. Uh, going down the running backs, let's talk about Ajayi. Do you feel like his volume gets increased a little bit now with Foles as they try to scale back and just do what they have to do to beat the Giants here. Now, I know there's a narrative there. I know people are liking it. I don't love it, but I understand the logic. The question is, does the logic equal points for you? Yeah, I kind of I do think it, it, it will uh, pay off in the end because, uh, like you said, 
the, the offense does change a little bit. I think it skews a little bit more towards the run. It's not like they're, they're going to have to completely like childproof the offense. It's not like Nick Foles <laughs> can't run an offense. But, but um, you know, at the same time, I still think that, that it would be smart for Philadelphia to, to run the ball a little bit more, especially if you spent a fourth-round draft pick uh, trading for Ajayi. So get the most out of him while you can. And I don't see why you wouldn't do that going against the Giants team. So uh, I like Ajayi at, at his price. Um, I certainly like him more than a Lamar Miller who, you know, disappointed us last week going against San Francisco. It's like, how, how can you possibly be so average against them? Uh, so I'm a little bit interested, speaking of San Francisco, what do you make of Derrick Henry? Because I, I imagine his ownership still always super low, but this sets up pretty well for him going against San Francisco. It does. You know, it's, it's the volume that always concerns me in daily. I think it's a move that you can you roll him out there in season long as a flex. But my problem is the upside in daily because of the volume. Like, even if he has that one big run, like, he doesn't get the ball enough that he can have a huge day. You know, that, that's always my problem. It's like you need the huge day, especially in tournaments. And there's a lot of other names on here, like between Kerwin Williams, um, you could go to McKinnon, Jonathan Stewart coming off a huge week, Isaiah Crowell coming off a decent game. All these guys, it's the same thing. I think more risk than reward, and for that reason, I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, let's go over to the wide receivers. Antonio Brown, 9,300. I'm not staying away from him. The Patriots struggle against the pass. Uh, Antonio Brown, last time I checked, is very good. He's a very good player. You know, a wide receiver has never won MVP in the NFL. Can you make a case for him this year? Yes, because, I mean, it's not like like Roethlisberger is really having all that sharp of a season. Right. But Brown is just catching like pretty much everything that's thrown to him. He's he's changing uh, games every single week. I mean his his toe tap uh, a few weeks back against the was it against the Bengals on that on that Monday night or maybe that was a different uh, game. He's had so many memorable catches this year. Um, he he's really been the most valuable part of the of that offense. So I think that they're with uh, Wentz, you know, missing the last three weeks of the season. Um, it sort of opens that MVP discussion back up a little bit. And I think Brown definitely has a really strong case. All right. Let's go talk about DeAndre Hopkins, who was the must start of last week. And uh, check the yeah. mark. <laughs> check the box there. I told you he'd go for 30 points. You said we go for 30 points. And he went for 30 points. Cha-ching against San Francisco. And it was against, it was with Yates. Oh, John, I can't tell you what kind of sick feeling I had in my stomach when I saw Yates <laughs> come in that game. I, I was shaking almost as much as, uh, <laughs> as Tom Savage. Well, I was going to say as much Tom Savage oh, in that end zone. Oh, is, that, oh, no. is it too soon? <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. But how did they let that – how did they even think about letting that guy back in that game? Bad, bad job out there, doctors. A lot, of, lot of bad visuals for the NFL recently. Yeah, for Seriously. sure. Seriously. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins did deliver. Now the toe is a concern, and the matchup against Jacksonville, not an easy one. Uh, there's a lot of things stacking up this week that make it tough. I still say he's a double-digit player, but at 8,200 with all those things against him and he didn't practice Thursday, I'm going to fade away from Hopkins. How about you? Um, it definitely definitely makes sense to fade off of him, uh, but – I think there is some tournament appeal here. I think that the toe issue plus a tough matchup is going to kind of lend itself to a low ownership by Hopkins standards. So I think, you know, tournament wise, big tournament wise, I, I would consider him, but you know, I I would be a little bit more worried about it for, for cash or smaller tournaments. All right. Robbie Anderson. Now that uh, Bryce Petty is quarterback. This is a tough one because you can look at this two ways. You can either say, 
man, last week was tough and you just kind of shake it off and you go out there against New Orleans and you've had a week to practice and all that stuff. And you say, hey, he's been really good. He's been a main cog in the offense. Or you just run completely in a direction because you don't know what it is and you're making an investment in it for it to be a sure thing. Because at 7,800, you pretty much need to be a sure thing. I say run the other way. What say you? Oh, I'm, I'm running the other way. And I think I, I would have considered running the other way, if, even if McCown was healthy, because the, the, the New Orleans secondary is one that I just don't mess around with uh, when it's healthy. And obviously it is uh, back to full strength now. Uh, so this, is, this was already going to be a tough matchup. But uh, with, with a guy like Bryce Petty uh, at quarterback, this is just going to be just – it's going to set offensive football back several years as well. <laughs> Jets are going to do on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Adam Thielen at 76. I love in the bounce back um, last week. It was good. Now, you know, it's back to being Adam Thielen again against Cincinnati. Now, other thing that bears too, we didn't talk about Latavius Murray. I think as long as he's healthy and everything's going in the right direction there, he have some questions with him earlier in the week in McKinnon as well. You know, that Minnesota run game, I think will be very busy, but not busy enough not to get Thielen his carries, uh, his touches, I should say. Josh Gordon at home, 75. Look who's rocketed up the board here. Now, he's got a tougher matchup against Baltimore. Have we pushed the limit of where we want to pay for Josh Gordon? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, if you if you saw how the Ravens secondary responded without Jimmy Smith last week, uh, Ben Roethlisberger threw for over 500 yards. I did uh, see so that. <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Kaiser is not Ben Roethlisberger, but at the same time, uh, it goes to show that, that the Ravens' corners, as it stands right now, Marlon Humphrey or Brandon Carr, probably can't check Gordon one-on-one uh, with, with – particular effectiveness uh so i think we're going to see gordon push for double digit targets and i think that this is going to end up paying off for him even if even if like you know he's sort of the lone bright spot in that browns offense i think that he he definitely still gets his this week even with the tough matchup all right let's talk about the packer boys 7300 for Devontae adams 72 for jordy nelson now you can make the case well nelson's touchdown dependent well that's fine as long as he's getting touchdowns that's a good thing and now that his boy is back, Aaron Rodgers, he made a weird, uncomfortable comment. I don't know if you saw it. He's like, you know, I think Jordy Nelson's is something about like he's he's uh, he's he's ready, and I'm gonna fool him with juice or some some kind of weird comment. It was it was very upsetting. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm gonna see if like I don't know. It was on Instagram, and we talked about it on my uh, on my radio show yesterday, and it was just very uncomfortable. It was like, yep, he's been there, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's time for me to, he's, you know, I got a lot of juice and I'm going to fill Jordy Nelson or some kind of, I was like, gosh, like no, just, straight out of my group. I, I don't know, but this just podcast just became NC 17. Uh, I can tell you right yeah, now, uh, it, it was weird and I'm not making this up. This was a real thing. I'm, I'm yeah. Oh, here, here it is. I found it. Okay. He has, a, I know there's a lot of juice left in 87 and he said, uh, and, and I'm going to, uh, Basically, I don't think it was squeeze it or fill it. Oh, but, no. Uh, there's a lot of juice left. That's all I So is there enough juice for you to get excited? Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we not doing phrasing? Uh, it's a little too late for that. Yep. Uh, so I oh, here it is. Here it is. I found it. I found it. I know there's a lot of juice left in 87. I'd like to fill that up this week. <laughs> That's that's tough for Packer Nation to to deal with there. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Bottom line. Uh, real By the way, feel free to share that around the offense. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the, the, they're gonna they're gonna try to like you know 
I, I don't want to say gag order either because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's now we're really off the rails. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not editing this. I'm telling you right now. I no. don't care. It's the, towards the end of the season. This I is, fear no man. I don't know. Look, if we don't win some sort of award this year, then <laughs> – and, and all these all these fantasy awards are nonsense because this right here is where it's at. You don't get this yes, kind of analysis. This one will be submitted. Um, <laughs> but, so anyway, what are your thoughts? Nelson, Adams, either, both? How do you feel? Oh, I like both of them. I think that, that uh, if Nelson was down closer to, you know, where Cooper Cup is in the mid-6,000s, I'd like it a little bit more. I feel like uh, FanDuel's sort of uh, – gouging you gouging you a little bit because Jordy hasn't been playing like a $7,200 player um, but he's priced like it right now obviously so I I don't like the price here I, I would like Adams for $100 more yeah I I think so too I think Adams is the guy I wish Nelson was just a little bit cheaper that's where I would prefer but uh, you know we'll come back to that later on in that discussion because uh, the gag order. Well done. All right, let's uh, keep talking about some of these guys here left on a slate. Landry coming off a huge day. I think he's always in play. I think he's one of those safe guys where you're going to get double digits if you need a cash game wide receiver with a good foundation. Jarvis Landry's your guy. I mean, he's going to put up 14 points some way or another. He's going to find a way to do it. There's always upside for more, but I think you think about that. I want to talk about Stefan Diggs for a second. It's 68. He's very cheap. Rudolph looking like he's not going to play. Does that an uptick there from the possession sense of Stefan Diggs? Uh, I think I think so. Um, I noticed watching his game last week that he makes a lot of uh, business decisions when he's on the field. Mm. Like uh, he, I know he, what you're uh, saying. Yeah, like there is a, there is a pass out to the flat near the <clears throat> near the goal line, and uh, the guy was uh, the corner was charging at him. He just kind of like kind of turtled and like tipped the ball up and then it turns into a big huge interception for for Carolina so I, I don't know I was like mad about mad at Diggs about that for for whatever reason but um yeah for this week this does set up pretty well especially if Rudolph is out I think that those targets get get moved around a little bit uh I think Thielen benefits uh as well but I think Diggs could see an uptick but you know for 300 more I'm going to try to do Landry over him honestly now, Juju's dealing with a hamstring issue, and that's terrifying because I thought Juju was in line to have a good game. I thought he was a nice maybe pivot in some lineups if you wanted to get a piece of that passing game. But right now, that hamstring is very concerning. Marquise Goodwin's been very steady. 66, I think he's a good cash game buy. Uh, I think he's a lock for 12 points or more. Uh, he just seems to be the favorite target, and I don't think Tennessee has an answer for him necessarily. If you continue to go down this grouping, I think Aguilar is another guy you've got to consider and play. If they scale back that passing game a little bit, I think Aguilar of the slot is really in play this week, and it wouldn't shock me if he had a touchdown in a big game there and return value at 6K. It's not going to cost you a whole lot to find out. Uh, and then as we continue to go down this grouping, we got to highlight D.D. Westbrook at 57. To me, I think I don't care what the ownership is, I want shares of D.D. Westbrook this week against the Texans. I think he's another lock for double digits and a return on two times value with upside for more. What say you? Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to D.D. Westbrook, we've seen the targets be really consistent since he came back from the injury, since he got activated, averaging nine targets over the last three weeks. And obviously, him getting the best of a a Seattle secondary is pretty impressive. That's obviously more impressive than what he was able to do against Indianapolis. Um, so he t- he seems to be trending in the right direction. Um, I think that him and 
Paul Richardson are the two kind of uh, explosive, volatile options uh, for this week in this price range. Uh, I think both those guys could be potentially the kingmakers or guys that you know you you flock to and then they end up uh, burning you because it you know there there's a lack of track record there. All right, fair enough. Let's go over to the tight ends here. Uh, Gronkowski, I already mentioned him. You know, I, this is a week to Gronk smash. It's a big game. Gronk shows up. Uh, I say he he's Gronk smash on the on the Steelers too, isn't he? It? Gronk. Isn't a- well, they don't really have an. Well, okay. Steelers play soft zone every single year against the Patriots. Then they go in the locker room and they come out and they play soft zone. And Gronkowski smashes them because that's and Tom Brady basically will just pick them apart to death. You know, and Brady said that he's he feels healthy. So you know, if you're concerned that the the Achilles is what's bothering him, I think it was just historically he never plays well in Miami. You go back and look at the numbers outside of one giant Monday night game years ago. He is, I think, he's seven and nine in Miami. First, he's just never. Yeah. And as a Pats fan, these are things that you just know. And I and I knew going into that game that it was going to be rough. I thought the extra day to prepare, they'd still get a W. But it did not shock me that they lost that game. Yeah, and you know, obviously Miami's getting up for that game. That's that's you know borderline their Super Bowl. So right. uh, you got to mix that in. But that that is interesting over the long track record of Brady's career that that Miami has been the the one uh, team he hasn't really been able to crack on the road. Now Jimmy Graham coming off a goose egg there. I know there's some concern with the ankle, but the ankle's been bothering him all year. I don't know if I would freak out about this or not, but you know when you go down there, I think I'd rather have Ertz against the Giants because last time I checked, the Giants are not very good against the tight end. So I'm pretty sure Ertz and Foles is a good pairing. Even without Foles, I'm pretty sure Ertz is a good start. So you definitely want him in your lineup. Outside of that, tight end is rough. If you're not going to pay up for tight end, originally Garrett Selick was a guy that I thought maybe had some appeal. Before the Ertz returning news, I thought Trey Burton was a lock at 49. Really, I think you got to pay up. What do you think about Jesse James, though, at 52, as maybe you get lucky, you get the touchdown? I think that's a dart throw worth taking. Um, I'm just, I was so low on him as, as a prospect. It, it's like, it's hard for me to like really fathom him like doing well in, in this setting, but you know, he's proven me wrong uh, to this point in his career. So kudos to him, but uh, 5,200. Yeah, I, I guess that that is the safer option than, than some of these other guys. You know, Ben Watson didn't even see a target last week, but he gets a, a matchup against Cleveland. They're pretty terrible against tight ends uh, in their own right. And then Steven Anderson, a uh, guy that was a little bit trendy last week, six targets. So that's fine. But then he ends up with just two catches for 16 yards. So that that really burned you. Uh, and then it, you got to mix in the fact that he's going against Jacksonville this week. So you don't like him as much. Um, so I guess, you know, James, if you of the bargain bin options, I guess he makes the most sense. All right, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com slash rotowire, and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rotowire, void where prohibited. All right, defenses, I want to pay up for Baltimore Ravens at 5K. If I'm going to pay down, Miami Dolphins at 42 against Buffalo, even on the road, that's where I'm going. How about you? Anything in between, above or below, that you've got love for this week? Yeah, in between, and this will be trendy as well, but uh, the Saints. Saints at home going against a you know, Bryce Petty-led Jets team, I think. Uh, they're, they're already a really solid DFS defense to begin with, but uh, with, with the added possibility of – like serious possibility of a shutout being in play here, I like them. And then also 
4,800 Minnesota at home. I think they they got a bad taste in their mouth right now after last week. Uh, I think they are going to absolutely pummel the Bengals. This is going to be a really rough spot for the Bengals. I think a shutout's in play uh, there. So uh, if you're going towards the middle, Vikes and Saints are the way I'm going. All right, let's go to the bonus question. Last week it was Wentz or Goff. Uh, I let you pick first, and you pick Goff. I picked Wentz. Now, I mean, Wentz was really the big loser here, uh, as were the Philadelphia Eagles. So I now go to, uh, let's see, the score is seven. Yes, nine for me, seven for you, one tie. I'm going to put this one out there. I'm going to let you go first again. This time there's three names. I'm doing a theme, and it's based on the Kool-Aid out there in Green Bay. Who scores more fantasy points on FanDuel this week? Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, or Jamal Williams? Three Packers. Who you got fantasy point-wise? Give me Devontae Adams. I, I will go with, go with the guy that, that has kind of turned into that number one receiver. I understand the, the Jordy Nelson appeal there, but I'm going with Adams. All right. I'm going to go... You know what? I want to go with Nelson, but I think Williams is kind of the sneaky one. Maybe he gets two touchdowns. He kind of gets a little sloppy one there. So I'm going to go Williams and see what happens. I'm going to be uh, you know, a little, little fancy boy with a little two-point lead that I got. We'll see if that pays off. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.